Today, I'm beginning a new series on understanding spiritual warfare, very important topic for the days that we're living in. I'll also be talking about how 2021 is on track to become a record-breaking year for earthquakes and volcanoes, and I'll be answering your questions. I'm Jimmy Evans. Welcome to The Tipping Point Show. I'm glad that you joined me today. I want to begin this series on understanding spiritual warfare. Let me also say that my book, Tipping Point, if you don't have it, uh, it's a good book to get just to understand the basics of what this show is about and also the basics about the end times. If you don't have it, go to endtimes.com forward slash book and order your copy of Tipping Point. Now, spiritual warfare, when I was a young Christian, it was a topic that, that frightened me, honestly. Uh, I just thought to myself, I don't want to give the devil any trouble because I don't want him to notice me, and I don't want to start a fight with the devil. Well, I want to give you some news, and that is you have a fight with the devil. We all do. We, especially if you're a believer, we are trapped in a battlefield, and that's the reality. Planet Earth is a battlefield. Now, the good news is our God is greater. Uh, greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. And Jesus has given us authority to be victorious over the devil 100% of the time. We just don't have to fear the devil, but we need to be aware of him. But let me let me read you the scripture in Luke 10, 19. This is Jesus now. Behold, I give you the authority to trample. That's a, that's a violent word. To trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. This, this is such a phenomenal scripture. Je Jesus says, I'm gonna give you authority to trample. This means to totally defeat, to put asunder serpents and scorpions. That shows you the nature of the devil. He's a serpent, a scorpion, all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you. Listen, if you use the authority. If you understand the authority that you have in Jesus and you use that authority, you can defeat the devil 100% of the time. Much of the damage that's done to believers is just simply done because of unused authority. The devil, first of all, he's a serpent. He's stealthy. That's one of the things that makes the devil so dangerous is you don't know he's there. He's very stealthy. I'm going to show you in the weeks to come how to uncover, how to expose the devil, how to understand when he's working in your life or in the life of your family. Because, see, not everything is the devil. I don't want you to get you all devil-focused because that's that's an extreme. But the other extreme is to forget that we have a real enemy. Jesus called him the enemy, but my goal in this series is to help you to understand how you, your marriage, your family, every area of your life, that nothing shall by any means harm you, and that you would understand that you have total authority over Satan and all of his minions, and it's not complicated. It's not hard. Listen, if it was complicated, I couldn't do it. If it was hard, I couldn't do it. But as a young believer, I'll tell you some stories in this series, but as a young believer, I began to be aware that some things were of the devil. And let me let me give you another little secret. God will not do for us what he's given us the ability to do for ourselves. So when Jesus gives us all authority over the devil, we're going to have to use that authority. And you can go crying to God all you want to. And all God is saying when we're crying to him is, use your authority. I gave you authority. If you would just use it, you wouldn't have any problems. You say, well, why didn't God do it for me? Because he wants us to grow up. He wants us to be mature Christians. He wants us to be a part of his army, not on the sidelines, just looking on. 
And so God wants us to be responsible believers and to grow up and to mature. And so here's another scripture in John 10, 10, showing us the nature of the devil. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. In John 10, Jesus is talking about he's the good shepherd. Let me just say right now, the devil hates your guts. He absolutely hates your guts. If you think you can play around with the devil, uh, I, I once did, honestly did, when I was living for the devil in sin. I just thought sin was fun and you know I could get away with all kinds of stuff and it would be better for my life. Uh, that's before I realized the truth. I had friends begin to die of alcoholism and all different kinds, and suicide, all different kinds of things, the people that I partied with. And so the devil wants to steal, kill, and destroy. That's the only intent he has for your life. Okay, again, you can keep him from taking anything away from you. But Jesus tells the truth. He came to give us life and to give us life abundant. That's what he wants for you. The devil wants to steal, kill, or destroy what he can't steal. He wants to kill what he can't kill. He wants to destroy and so in your marriage, in your life, in your finances, in your destiny, with your children, if your work, with your ministry, with your calling, with your destiny, any good thing God has given you, the devil wants to steal, kill, and destroy it. And again, I don't want you to be devil-focused. I don't want you to get all hyped up about the devil. I just want you to be aware that you have a personal enemy, and he wants to take away everything you have. Let me read one more scripture, and this will be the main scripture I want to talk about in this message, First Peter 5. This is Peter. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. And so be sober, be alert. Be sober, be vigilant. Sober just means be in control. Just be in control of your faculties. Don't be out of control. Don't, don't go out and carouse around and just you know act like nothing's happening. And be vigilant. You know, before 9-11, I, I fly all the time. Before 9-11, we weren't vigilant. And you would get on an airplane and cockpit doors were open and everybody, you could bring anything on the airplane basically that you wanted to bring. After 9-11, we realized we had an evil enemy trying to destroy us. And the world changed. Post-9-11 world is a very different world. Our world today is a vigilant world because we realized we have enemies. Well, we have enemies. And so what he's, he begins by saying, be sober, be vigilant. And then he tells us why. He gives us three reasons why. He first of all says, Satan, your adversary, the devil, is prowling around looking for someone whom he may devour. He's prowling, he's active. This is the main thing. He's adversarial toward us in an active way. When it says that he's prowling around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, notice there it doesn't say who he can devour. It's not a matter of his ability. It's a matter of whether we give him permission or not. The devil literally, when he's stalking you, when he's studying you, he's looking if you're going to allow him to, to devour you. Okay, And so you say, well, my gosh, I don't want the devil to devour me. Well, I'm going to teach you how you can keep the devil from devouring you. But it's a matter of permission. I can live my life in a manner in which I'm not open to a satanic attack. I'm not open to a demonic attack because of the way I'm living my life. It's not complicated. It's not hard. Doesn't require, you know, PhD. It's just a matter of common sense, spiritual common sense, and understanding what the Bible has to say. The second thing he says is he's active, that he's prowling around looking for an opportunity. The devil is actively seeking an opportunity in all of our lives. The third thing is his appetite is for total destruction. He's seeking someone whom he may devour. The devil's not a snacker. He doesn't want to lick on you. He wants to eat you up.
And so when Jesus said the enemy only comes, the thief only comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, Peter here is saying he wants to come and devour you. And so I've been a pastor for 40 years, and I have seen people's lives devoured. I have seen people that love Jesus on their way to heaven, their lives were devoured. I have seen everything you can think of related to the destruction of a person, the destruction of a marriage, the destruction of a family, and there's commonalities. There are things that they have in common, and one of the things they have in common is they're just playing around. They're not serious. They think that they can just go and live any way they want to live without consequences. We live in the most severe spiritual climate in the history of the world. There has never been a world like the one that we're living in right now spiritually, and my prophetic friends and my intercessor friends, all of them that I talk to say, we have never seen the level of spiritual warfare we are seeing right now. And I, I, want, I want to be included in that. In the past year, not just with COVID, but with everything happening in the world, there is a severity, and that's one of the signs of the end times. In Revelation 12, it says that Satan has thrown down to the earth, and he, he's, on a, he's in a frenzy because he knows that he only has a short time. Well, Revelation 12 is where we have the Revelation 12 signs in the heavens that I'll talk about in a future program. That happened in 2017. And some people ask the question, was Satan thrown to the earth in 2017 when the Revelation 12 sign appeared in the heavens? I don't know. It kind of seems like that things have really heated up since 2017. So I don't know for sure, but I'm just saying something is happening spiritually and we need to be prepared for it. So let me talk, talk about a trip that we took to Africa uh, about 1998 or something like that. My, our entire family, Karen's, my wife's parents took the entire family to Africa for three weeks. It was an incredible trip. And we spent out of three weeks in Africa, we spent two weeks in the bush with the wild animals uh, in South Africa and in Botswana and in Zimbabwe. We were with lions constantly. And so before I went into the wild with the lions, I mean, I just, I didn't want to do that. I just thought, that's not, a, that's not what you call vacation. You know, they, they, you go to lion country safari and drive through one time. But we were literally in the wild with the, in, in the bush with the wild animals for, for hours and hours at a time. Lions were all around us. So let me tell you three things about lions that'll keep you safe. Number one, they're nocturnal. Uh, lions during the day are very lethargic. Uh, we would go out during the day and lions, you'd find them laying around in the bush, you know, yawning and sleeping and stuff like that. At night, they come alive. Okay, well, what's the significance of that? Darkness is the devil's domain. If you're going to be safe from the devil, and now we all, we're all imperfect. and You don't have to be a perfect person to be safe. But there's a difference between struggling with sin and living in sin. And when I, when I just give myself over to darkness, an area of my life that I just give over to darkness, you can't cast the devil off of his own property. And when I wander into the darkness, I'm, I'm in danger. This is Ephesians 5. You were once darkness, but now you're light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Uh, for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but of wise. We're not of darkness, we're of light. Let me say this. I struggle with sin. I know you struggle with sin, but I struggle in the light. There's nothing I don't talk to the Lord about. If I'm wrestling with a temptation, if I'm wrestling with something, I wrestle in front of God. 
I go before the Lord. And by the way, you know, uh, Hebrews 4 says that we can come boldly before the throne of grace. Aren't you glad that God's throne is the throne of grace? It's the throne of grace and mercy. When it says come boldly, that means frank speech. Come boldly before the throne of grace. Don't be religious with God. Be, be respectable and respectful. But don't don't be religious before God. He knows everything in your life. I mean, don't patronize him. He's God. And so when I come before the Lord, I just act like I'm talking to my best friend. And I tell my best friend everything. Karen's my best friend. I tell her everything. I tell God everything. I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with this. Well, there's something that happens when you bring it into the light. There's also something that happens when you keep it in the darkness. And so if you want to keep your life devil-proof and not give the devil permission to, uh, to devour you, is stay in the light. Keep things before God. Stay, stay uh, in a place where what you're doing is acceptable to the Lord. And if it's not acceptable, talk to the Lord about it. Ask his forgiveness. He'll forgive you. But keep short accounts with God. The second thing about lions, which is crazy, I'm going to call, I'm going to use a kind of invent a word here. They're paravisual. Now, this is spooky. So we were in a Range Rover uh, all the time that we were in the wild. Well, we took some walks in the wild, but we were in a Range Rover and, um, I, I would have lions literally two feet away from me staring at me, and they couldn't see me. Now, it, it's scary when you first do it. And so they told us, as long as you're seated in this truck, they can't see you. They see this truck is one big animal, and they were too big for it to kill, and they don't like our smell, and we don't take their food. And so they just leave us alone. We were in a pride of 10 lions that had just killed a Cape buffalo and they were in a frenzy eating this buffalo. We were sitting right in the middle of them. They're walking all around our truck. I had a leopard one day walk up the side of the truck, look me dead in the eye. His head was literally uh, 18 inches from my head, and he walked off and couldn't see me. However, if you stand up in the truck, they'll kill you. And they told us one day, they said, well, I said, what if I stand up? They said, you'll, they'll kill you. As soon as you present yourself as an isolated target, they'll kill you. They told us about a Japanese man who'd been on a, a tour like we were in the bush, uh, he got too familiar with the animals. He stepped out of the truck and the lions killed him in front, in front of his family. So here's what I'm saying to you. The truck is Christian fellowship. Let me, let me read you a couple of scriptures here. Matthew 18. Again, I say that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything they would ask, it will be done for them by my father in heaven, where two or three are gathered together in my name. I am there in the midst of them. There's something about being with other believers in fellowship that protects us from the devil. See, the wolf is always looking for the lone sheep. When you're out there by yourself, you're in grave danger. When you're together with another believer, let me read you one more scripture. This is, this is an end time scripture, Hebrews 10. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. Don't forsake the gathering of yourselves together. Now, I know because of COVID, a lot of people are, are at home. I hope you're at home with someone, someone and not by yourself. I hope you're sharing your issues, your, your struggles with other people. The book of James says, you know, pray for one another, confess your faults to one another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. When it says confess your faults before one another and pray for one another that you may be healed, did you know that there's some things that God won't do in your life? unless you're in Christian fellowship and you're talking to other people about what you're going through and you're asking for prayer. But what this is saying is don't get in the, don't get in the, the habit of not gathering together in Christian fellowship, uh, especially when you see the end times approaching, this spiritually severe time. This is the, uh, since last year when COVID happened, 
there's only one group of people that did not suffer mental decline in the last year. It's regular church-going people. That's Barna Research. Regular churchgoers did not suffer mental decline. That should tell you the importance of being together with other believers. The truck is the church. The truck is Christian fellowship. When you're outside the truck, you're in danger. When you're in the truck, you're in Christian fellowship. You're praying. You're confessing to other believers. You're depending on other believers to keep you accountable, and you're keeping them accountable. You're safe from the devil. He he attacks the lone sheep, not sheep close to the shepherd. Number three, and this is the last one, lions are territorial. It's all about territory in the wild. And so the purpose of a lion's roar is intimidation. And so our guides in, in Africa, the two of our favorite guides were Blessed and Solomon. Those were two of our guides. Those, those are the guys you want leading you in, in the wild. And I asked, Blessed, we were going on a walk one day in lion country, and Blessed had a gun, a big gun, which made me feel a lot better. And so um, I said, Blessed, what, what do we do if lions come up on us? Because they, they were going to come up on us. He said, don't run. He said, as soon as you turn your back on a lion, they'll kill you. But if you face them, they'll do a territorial display, and they'll come up, and they'll prowl at your feet and make bad noises and stuff like that. And what they're saying is, watch it. This is my territory. Watch it. Let me say this. The devil wants your territory. And fear is the number one way that the devil uses to get your territory, intimidation. But God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And here's what I'm saying. You fight for your marriage. You fight for your family. You fight for your health. You fight for your mental health. You fight for your destiny. You fight for your calling. You fight for everything that God has given you, and you don't give the devil an inch. And if he's taken an inch, you fight him to get it back. God has made you more than a conqueror. And so we we don't have to give up territory to the devil. We have been given the authority in Jesus to fulfill our destiny in God. But I'm telling you right now, lions, they're nocturnal. They're, they're going to attack at night. That, that's what they do. They're paravisual. They don't see you when you're in a group, but they see you when you're outside that group and you're isolated. The, these They're territorial. They want to take your territory. That's what it's all about. When you understand the nature of lions, that your, your adversary, the devil, is prowling you right now. He's prowling you like a roaring lion seeking if you're going to give him permission to devour you. I'm telling you right now, don't give him permission. Be careful how you live your life. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. But we can be careful, and we can live our lives in a way where the devil does not have permission to come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I hope that's helpful to you. I'm going to continue this series now on spiritual warfare. Right now, we're going to go to our subscriber portion. If you're not a subscriber, $7 a month. $77 $77 a year, endtimes.com. We would love to have you as a subscriber. And by the way, our subscribers is how we pay for all this. We want you to have free content. That's why our teachings are free. But we want to continue to expand this program and bring you better and better programs. We have great interviews coming up with leading experts. And so when you become a subscriber, you help us to take this message to more people and to continue to do it in a, in a, a more quality manner. So we're going to go now to our subscriber portion. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. 